right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 196. We're getting close to 200. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome, and visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome. If you want to make fun of the trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at P.S. This is Awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, do not forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit so we can keep growing this cool community we have. So, for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support the show at a $1 level called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome to become a $1 patron and get your free die-cut vinyl sticker. And as a reminder, this is a live video podcast as well, which you can uh, watch the show if you prefer over on our YouTube channel. And uh, back to the Patreon thing. Big shout-out to Harold Eustish for... Uh, uh, supporting the show, a longtime listener. He has uh, been writing in occasionally, and uh, we appreciate the camaraderie, and we appreciate uh, you just hanging with us over the years. That's a name that I uh, recognized from way back in the day when we were doing it at your place, man. We, we were like years ago, like seven years ago, probably. He, he's been it's a, a long time listener. So thank you so much for signing into that. And uh, I did get the sticker mailed out to you, so hopefully you get that in the mail here soon. And I wanted to double back to usually we talk about how we're on Tumblr. And uh, at the end of our podcast last week, Jake was asking me, so what happened with the Tumblr? So I'll just explain real quick. So we did have some game reviews and stuff on there, opinions on games. It was all old, dated stuff. And we were using the Tumblr kind of as a vessel for our audio podcast to kind of shoot that out to the aggregator or whatever. But I really wanted to put everything on one spot. So the Tumblr page is still there if you want to look at the old stuff. But we are now uploading our audio podcast to Patreon. So you can go to that Patreon website, patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. Also, I'm also linking the YouTube videos there. It's a one-stop shop for anyone who's interested in the podcast itself, the content that Jake and I release. And uh, you can check it all out there. And it is free to everybody. And again, that $1... Uh, Patreon tier that we have set up is really just a way for you guys to uh, contribute a buck to the show every month if you want. And then, like I said, we'll mail you a free die cut sticker. And Jake and I discussed if we get enough pay- patrons eventually, there's that there's that cure again. I saw, I'm sorry, guys, you won't hear that anymore. But if uh, if we get enough of, of patrons subscribe to our Patreon, he and I were discussing briefly outside of the show of maybe making some brief exclusive content for the one dollar patrons. And uh, maybe nothing like super long, like a full-on show, but doing something interesting. So if you're listening and you have some suggestions, we are open to that. You can write us at awesome at gmail.com or tweet us, all that good stuff. But yeah, so that will be the new home base uh, for the show moving forward. Patreon.com slash awesome. And uh, yeah, just go over there. And like I said, there's no paywall to access the content right now. Uh, there may be a paywall to access some of the content down the road. We'll see as things progress. So thank you for joining up. And uh, with that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh was semi-nice today. So got to be able to go outside for a little bit, which was kind of cool. I mean, it was still cold, but yeah, at least it wasn't snowing. 
Yeah, it was really cold, man. I had a I had a bunch of errands I had to run today. I was telling you before we started the show that uh, my friend Matt lent me a guitar so I could try out these 57 classic uh, pickups. And uh, I liked the way they sounded, but I, I had to run it back to him today up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And then uh, I'm also, I think I've talked about it before in the show, but I'm a member of, there's, there's like very few comic book stores in the world still, or at least in this area. So there's a comic book store called Books Galore. And last time I was up there, they still had our little flyers that we made. We took up there to promote the podcast, which is hilarious because those are really, really old. But the the pile gets a little smaller every time I go up there. But because it's like an, you know about a 45-minute drive, hour drive up there, I don't pick up my comics. So the cool thing about comic book stores is you just say, hey, you know, I want to collect this line of comics, and then they'll just order, make sure they order it for you. So every every month or every two weeks or ever often the, the new comic book comes out, they'll take it and they'll just put it in a, fi- in a file for you in the back. And then you can go up and pick it up, you know. So I, I am a repeat offender of not going in and picking up my comics. So I get these uh, yellow postcards from them all the time just being like, hey, uh, You've got some comics here you got to come pick up. We bought for you, and you know you need to come pay for them. And it's always like we can mail them to you if you want. And I'm like, I'm not paying an extra, you know, fifteen bucks to have you mail me like six comic books. Like I'll just come up and you know maybe with the price of gas going up, who knows? Maybe that is the better option down the road. But anyway, so I was in the comic book store. I go in there today, and. Uh, you know, just small talking with people, and and the guy goes in the back, and he and uh, he goes, "What?" I go, "I go, you probably have a ton waiting for me because I haven't been here in like a month and a half, two months, maybe might have been three months." And he goes, "Actually, no, it's just like five books. They're all GI Joe." And I'm like, "Oh, cool. All right. So I guess they're not doing the Punisher line I was collecting. I guess they're not doing this. You know, these things that I was." interested in it and that I was getting Die 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 which is Robert Kirkman's uh, latest uh, effort and it was pretty cool so I guess there weren't any new issues for any of that but then as I'm sitting there talking with him there's this guy behind the counter off to the left and uh, he goes what's uh, he goes what's what's hot water music because I have like a hot water music hoodie on they're a band for anyone who doesn't know and I was like oh yeah they're a band they're from uh, Florida they're really good they've been around for years oh cool cool and he goes uh and what a great salesman! Because then he goes, uh, "You interested in?" Uh, he goes, "No." First he goes, where, "Where are you from?" And I said, "Oh, I'm from Meadville." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, "I'm from Erie." And he was sitting next to this girl. They're both behind the counter. And then he goes to me. He goes, "So uh, you come to Erie often?" And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, quite a bit." You know, it's like the bigger city around here. And he goes, "He goes, hey, this here uh, comic book." He goes, "I wrote this." He goes, I'm selling them here today. And I'm like, what? Like, you wrote a comic book and it's here? And I'm like, count me in, man. Let me see what you got, you know? And I started talking about music and how, like, I'm going to support, like, local art and stuff. And he was selling them for five bucks a piece. And they looked great, man. They were, they were completely done correctly. And then uh, I was like, who does the art? And he's like, well, this guy down in Florida does the artwork. And then we also have another artist from Indonesia that we connected with who does a lot of art for us. And then the girl next to him was like, 
and I do all the coloring, you know, because a lot of people do inks for comics, and then a lot of people do coloring. Um, and he goes, yeah, it's all based in Erie. The comic book's, it's about, like, I don't know, crime syndicate and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is really kind of cool. And then, uh, so I bought a comic book off him, and then he, he and the he and the uh, girl next to him that were both involved in this comic line, it was issue number five, signed it with, like, a Sharpie. I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. Like, you're just here hawking mm-hmm. your comics. What a weird niche world, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be tough to, like, sell a comic. You know, I mean, God, you're up against all these great comic book people, and then it's such a niche thing to begin with. Like, man, could you imagine? Like, yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a comic and make some money off that. Like, man, there's no way you're making money off a comic. Well, maybe I guess if you do a hell of a job, I haven't read it yet, but uh, I threw him five bucks and. He goes, oh, they have issue number. That he goes, that's issue number five. They've got some number fours here still. If you want, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with one issue for now. Appreciate it, you know. And it looked good, but I, I just, I don't, I don't need to jump into a new comic line. But anyway, that was kind of a cool story. So I've never met anyone who's written a comic like legit like that and very it was like DIY but it wasn't you know what I mean it's probably a lot kind of akin to what we do with our music you know we don't have it didn't look like he had a deal like there, I didn't see like any like big publisher or anything listed on there it's probably his own publishing company and he's just like indie making comics and I'm like dude that's so rad You're a really nice guy I don't know and that was that was my my day today but outside of that man I'm still painting my Hero Quest miniatures and coming along pretty well well that's cool yeah you don't see a lot of people i mean i'm sure there are still people making comics or whatever but like you have to imagine unless you have a big publisher behind you it's probably really hard to get not only a comic printed but for people to actually give Mm -hmm. a shit about it because like if you go to one of those comic book stores unless you're keyed in they're really overwhelming Oh yeah, like, there's billions. All the different. I mean, you can pick up like you walk in there and you're like, oh hey, I like fucking Wolverine, and then they'll be like, okay, well we've got 15 different lines of Wolverine comics, and you'd be like, what? Like, are they all like, nope, they're different, different, different canons, lines. different story arcs, different fucking whatevers. Yeah. This Wolverine's, you know, in space. <laughs> this one's it's 90 like, years okay. old. This one's a baby. This one's before yeah, gen- it, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. So, I almost said I mean, Generation X. I, I don't know what it was called. Something X, right? Weapon X, yeah. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Anywho. But yeah, I mean, that's that's cool, though, that he got one released and he's kind of in there. He's on issue it. five, man. And, and like the weird thing is, is like all he's doing is writing the bubbles and making the story up. So like I feel like the heaviest of lifting has to be the artists, the people who are drawing that shit, right? That's got to be the heaviest of lifting. I don't know. It depends, right? Because if you're good at if you're good at drawing and yeah, the guy so. the gives you the fun. vision yeah. of what it needs to be, I mean, it's not like you know he probably already told told you like what it's supposed to look like. I'm sure it's more than just bubbles. It's like he probably gives <laughs> yeah. the artist yeah, a, actual like treatment for it. Yeah, there is a story too. It was something night K N I G H T. Um, I forget what the first word of the title of the book is. I, I actually looked at it before I came down here to do the podcast so I could tell the listeners, but uh, I can't remember. Anyways, that's that's the way it goes. But hey, man, let's let's quit talking about our everyday lives and jump into the podcast and talk about some video games. And uh, usually we talk about the games we're playing at the beginning of the show, and then we move on to the news, followed up by games that are coming out. And we are going to talk about some Black Friday deals 
But before we get to that, I just want to say that, you know, you and I have been talking for a couple shows now over and over about what our winter games are going to be. And we're kind of like him on about, we discussed the Mass Effect trilogy, which is Mass Effect something collection, I think. Mass Effect something. I don't, Legendary Edition. Legendary Edition, yeah. Which is a little misleading on the title because the first game was called Mass Effect. So if you buy Mass Effect Legendary Edition, it almost sounds like you're just buying the first game with like mm. like DLC. And I was like, man, I got to make sure I'm buying all three here because I'm not paying like big bucks for just the first game so anyways uh we discussed doing that so i combed over some black friday deals which we'll get to later but some went live and what i did recently was i picked up resident evil village for 20 dollars from best buy now it's the ps5 disc and we'll, we'll talk more about this and then i went to the psn i was gonna get massive the mass effect uh, legendary edition from Best Buy as well, and I had it in my car, and every time I tried to buy it, it said, sorry, shipping is not available for this item, even though it gave me the option to click ship, and it was going to charge me like four bucks for it, and it was still cheaper from the big box store than it was on the PSN, but it got to the point where I was just like, you know what, forget about it, just forget about it, I'm just going to get it on the PSN if it's on sale there, and it was on sale for $35, but you can get it cheaper in the disc version, but I think you might have to go to Best Buy. And who, who the hell knows? Maybe Walmart will have it cheaper. I don't know. I don't know the, the deets on it all. But anyway, so I picked those two titles up, and I think those are going to be my my winter focus because I don't really see anything else being released this winter that that really is going to jive with me, per se. So maybe in February. I know we got Dying Light coming out in February, which we'll talk more about that. But I can't think of any other games... The first quarter is going to be kind of wild, right? But I'm thinking more March is when shit's going to hit the fan. Maybe not January, February. So we'll see. I think uh, Horizon comes out in February. Uh, yeah, I'm getting that. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, I I saw the cheapest I saw for Mass Effect was twenty five dollars. Yeah, at Walmart or Best Buy or one of those places. But to me, it's almost like. It's honestly, for me, it's honestly almost worth the extra $10 to have it be digital. Yeah. Than to have to have the fucking disc. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. We're going to get to that when we talk about best uh, the, the Black Friday deals because it's surprising that I don't want let's not jump the gun we'll, we'll get to a new uh, we're going to have a good discussion about this and, and yeah hang tight but yes Jake what, what do you play I'm not playing anything I'm, I beat another boss in Darkest Dungeon slowly but surely you know whittling away at that game and I love it still what are you playing um, I beat Far Cry 6 and so basically I've been playing Forza Horizon 5 like I talked about last week I've been kind of playing that um, it's still really good to me it's like everything Need for Speed should have like aspired to be but it seems like Need for Speed has been struggling over the past 10 years mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I downloaded I downloaded Skyrim Legendary Edition. No. The fuck's it called? Anniversary Edition. Is that the new one? Uh, yeah. And I installed it and I started it 
got through for anyone who's familiar with Skyrim, there's like the first section where you create your character and then like some shit happens and then like you go through this cave thing and then the world just opens up. Mm-hmm. I basically got to the point where I was able to do whatever the fuck I wanted and then quit. So maybe about I don't know, an hour twenty, thirty minutes into the game, uh-huh. not very far. Uh I don't know if I'm gonna keep if I'm gonna jump back into that or not. Um it depends if uh, if I get Mass Effect or not. I'm, I've been looking at other games on Black Friday sales and stuff like that, and it seems like Black Friday they just kind of aren't really trying this year. Yeah, um, you got to get Black Friday because we're going to do that, right? We're doing that with the podcast. You got to. Oh, you're talking about? Uh, uh, did I say you got to get Black Friday? You got to get Black Friday, yeah. man. No, no, I'm going to get Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. It's just ter- it's in, in terms of if I'm going to buy it on Black Friday or not. I I assume retail. If, it's like sixty, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I assume unless like there's a screaming deal, otherwise I'll probably end up just picking it up on the PSN just so I can download it right away. Mm-hmm. And it's it won't be a physical version, but. Uh, I'm guessing I'll probably jump back into jump into that mm. at some point. Mm. Um, but as far as what I'm playing right now, it's it's basically just uh, Forza Horizon Five. I've been kind of traveling some for work, so I haven't really had a whole lot of time to do much gaming. Otherwise, fair enough. Yeah, sometimes life gets in the way of living, man. Oftentimes it does, unfortunately. But you know, uh, games will always be there when we have time to play them. So the nominations, real quick. Let's go to the news now. So the uh, the game awards were announced. They're going to have like the live the live event with people in the in the flesh. Now they're not doing it over the thing. It might be a limited audience. Who knows? But the the game awards uh, nominations have been announced, and I have I have or had a page pulled up, and here we go. Yes, here they go. So we're going to take a quick look at him, Jake. And what I thought was was strange to me, we'll start at the big one, right? So game of the year. This was weird to me, but I guess maybe it's not. So game of the year nominees for the 2021 Game Awards. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, which I know you played, I think you did. And Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Resident Evil Village. I think it's... Now, I didn't even play Returnal, but I think it's strange that it's not on Game of the Year. Like, a game like It Takes Two, I think it did do some really cool stuff. But if I... I don't know. I think it's a weird list. I don't necessarily think that Returnal should be on there, but I think that it's... It's a bizarre list. Um, Game of the year. I, I can you can you say them again? Yeah. So Death Loop, which which I haven't played, so mm-hmm. I can't understand that because um, mm-hmm. I didn't play it. And then it takes two, which is Haze Light. The people who did a way out and also did Brothers and and they did another game. This is the the two person co op game about a family uh, that is in distress about a husband and wife in distress. That game apparently is really something special. Um, so I can see that being on there, honestly. And then there's Metroid Dread, which was on Nintendo. And then uh, Psychonauts 2, made by Double Fine. 
Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Insomniac, PlayStation exclusive, and Resident Evil Village by Capcom. There weren't really a ton of really amazing games that came out, though, really, in 2021. Um, what do you think about that list? I mean, like, if I had to guess which game was going to take it, I, God, I can't imagine them giving it to a Sony. Well, I can't because Last of Us got it before. Maybe Ratchet and Clank, but I don't think Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was the best Ratchet and Clank game we've ever had. So I don't understand the ones prior to this weren't on the list. Why did Rift Apart get on there? So I don't really understand Ratchet and Clank being on there. I don't either. Um, it's a good game, but it's... I, I don't know a lot about turn. Metroid Dread, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Deathloop and it, it's, it Takes Two are both kind of like... They're kind of hits, so I can kind of believe that. Psychonauts 2, I think, probably belongs on there. Uh, I haven't played Resident. Village. I have not played Resident Evil 8 yet, but I've... I've heard it's good, uh, but I don't know. It would be, it would be interesting to me if it was Game of the Year good. Like to me, it almost feels like Resident Evil and Ratchet and Clank are sort of like, oh, we needed to f- get six on this list, mm-hmm. so I don't. Let's s- just pick two big games that were released. Some AAA titles, right? Some games like, that are big deals. But one of the things that that's really kind of blowing my mind is that they don't have uh, Hitman Three on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that I've read and listened to via podcast or news sites or whatever have talked about just how amazing Hitman Three is, and maybe it's because it's just another Hitman game is why it's not on the list or whatever. But uh, it seems kind of bizarre to me to not at least be in contention. I'm I'm looking through like a list. Yeah, why not to have the hat in the ring, right? Well, we can move on to some of the other categories. I'm not going to go through. There's like 30 categories. We're not going to go through them all. Um, the best game direction. Uh, you can think about game of the year while I talk about this real quick. There's all the same games. Sans Resident Evil in Metroid Dread and they added Returnal for best game direction. So there's I could see that for Returnal, yeah. yeah. That, I mean I I I definitely don't see Returnal being a game of the year contender, but I can definitely see it in like the game direction mm-hmm. category because it's just it's a very interesting and unique game. I know that people have con- they have issues with the way that the save system and stuff works and maybe a little bit of the balancing but I think that just generally overall it's a very well put together piece of art um, it's kind of interesting to me that two of the five games in game direction are roguelike games <laughs> which is a trend that I'm not super thrilled about yeah, me either. even though I did really like Returnal um I hope Psychonauts gets one of these. Yeah. Because I think that it's really a great game and I hope that it's not uh it's not overshadowed in the game awards because of something like <clears throat> Deathloop, which got way more um you know, people gave it ten out of ten and shit like that, but it's like I think Psychonauts 2 is going to get passed over because it's kind of like a kid's game. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean that in that it's for kids so much is that it's it's much more um, 
approachable for all ages. It's not like, you know, like last, last year, it's like the last of us part two one. Right. It's like, I partially feel like that game won. like a lot of times I feel like the game that just has the edgiest fucking story ends up winning. They and, have a uh, category this year. It's called games for impact. Like what the fuck kind of category is that? It's like, let's, um, what does that even mean? I, 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 I'm guessing it's a game that's supposed to make you think or like change your thought process or impact you in like a crazy way. But that's such a redundant title. Like, aren't all games supposed to impact you somehow? Like, I don't understand why, unless, unless they're talking about, it doesn't really describe the category. Just, it just says games for impact. And it's weird. It's, it's games that I don't really understand. The titles of life is strange. True colors is on there by deck nine. Uh, Chikoroy boyfriend dungeon before your eyes, no longer home. But one of the ones that I really want to see a game. I really want to see take home. At least one award is Kina, Bridge of Spirits. That game was made by like 13 people, which is insane to me. Dude, that game was made by so few people, and uh, it's really interesting. It's up for Best Debut Indie. It's up for Best Indie against 12 Minutes, Death Store, Inscription, and Loop Hero. I bet you it wins on that. Best Debut... What's that? Kina, Bridge of Spirits. I'd be... Honestly... It could be 12 Minutes or Death's Door. I know 12 Minutes is super divisive. We haven't played like, Death's Door yet, have we? No. That's what I don't I'm think it, it hasn't come out on PlayStation yet. Yeah. Um, but Death's Door is supposedly really good. Uh, 12 Minutes is just one of those games that could win because it's so different. Because it's different it's and because it's like, like I was talking about with. Uh, with the last of us last year just because it's so like mm-hmm. the story is just so heavy um i haven't played it so i don't know but like from what i've heard yeah uh well the, the inscription game looks cool i don't know if you've heard anything about that i haven't no um it's like a card game but it's like you're actually sitting there playing the card game and between games you're like like you get up and move around and there's like other aspects. It's like a card of, game simulator. It's like <laughs> Well, no, but it's like it, I I don't know exactly how to describe it cuz mm-hmm. I don't really So Well, eh, yeah, I don't know. I don't it, know. It, it seems it seems interesting, I guess is what I should say. I don't know anything about it, but it seems like a like an interesting new concept gameplay-wise. Yeah. Well, we don't need to go through them all. I just wanted to put them on the show so at least let the listeners know that hey, this this list is out. Maybe in a podcast or two, you and I will will make some picks. We'll pick the ten most interesting categories and, and make a pick. I don't feel I could see Damn. I could see Kenna winning best art direction because that game looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. I, it's like one of those things with these uh, award shows. I haven't played all of the games that came out, so I almost don't feel like I I should... Re- I mean, yeah, we're going to vote for the games that we played, right? Like, oh, I know that one. Yeah, let that one win. It's almost like a who's who in to a degree amongst fans. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, how many people that are voting on, the, on some of these have actually played all of the games? Are they just voting for the one that has, had, had the loudest mouth? 
right? The games that were the advertising pushed at us the most that we're we're told is the best one, right? How, how many people actually have played them all and through? To, to be able to make that choice. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. And what does it really matter? I just wanted to put it on the podcast. I thought it was interesting that those are out. And um, I would like to see Keena win. And maybe you're right. Maybe it'll win that. And uh, I do hope that Return will get something. And I, do, I don't really know that Ratchet is deserving of anything. I really like the game. I like the game a lot. I don't, I don't mean to trash talk it. Because I'm not at all. I thought it was so endearing. I thought it was great. But I don't know it was the best Ratchet game. I think I enjoyed the one that came out prior to this one better. I forget what it was called. Ratchet and Clank. It was just called Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, the remake of the first one, maybe. Mm -hmm. I loved that game. I don't know. There was something about it. I think the time travel shit just kind of boggled my mind a little bit. Like a time travel, the dimension stuff. It wasn't even time traveling. It wasn't a way. But it kind of messed me up, like following the story a little bit. So anytime that's and that's user error, that's my that's my problem, not not anyone else's. But I don't know that the story resonated with me as much as the uh, the one I played prior. But I do love the franchise and I love the series and I love what they're doing with it. The game the gameplay in itself was just oh, so nice, so sweet. <laughs> Um, so, anyways, there's a fantastic 15-minute clip uh, hovering around, going around the internet of Mark Cerny. Um, if you guys know who he is, he pretty much designed the PS5 and PS4. And he's talking about the decisions that he made and they made as Sony and why they made them. And it's a really a kind of fun technical video for anyone who's interesting. He uses a lot of, like words, technical words that you might not know what they mean, and, and he tries to break them down and, and explain the choices they had to make, and, and, and it's actually, the video's from a Wired magazine interview, which is kind of interesting because Wired's really been a weird outlet for Sony in regards to the PS5. I think they gave some of the first info on the PS5, Wired magazine, and it's just a weird... It's a weird relationship they have there. I don't, I don't. I'm not sure. I really understand why Wired is is the conduit for the, these cool things. They must be paying for exclusives or something because I don't know that Wired's really all that relevant anymore. Otherwise, I actually get Wired magazine. Uh, it's weird because it's always like five bucks for like two years subscription or something. It's like the ridiculously low, and so I just get them to the house and I, you know, I, I write on them to make set lists and stuff. They always have like really interesting visual art stuff on them, and I use the pages for that. And I kind of read articles here and there, but yeah, it's just really weird. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they're wildly relevant, but they, I don't know. I mean, it's just a weird relationship. Like, why did Sony take that path? I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, yeah, there probably is some some sort of some sort of uh, behind the scenes handshakes going on there between the two of them. Maybe they're working with Sony to have like some sort of wired app on the PS5 where you can explore their content in an interesting way or something for their magazine. Because I know they have an interesting app for iOS and stuff, and it's and it's really cool. It makes their articles like really interactive. It's really interesting. So maybe they're developing something. It's hard to say. Anyways, Dying Light 2, which was announced back in 2018, has seen multiple delays, but the lead game developer for Dying Light 2 indicated that there's no way this game isn't being released in February 2022. Um, Dying Light, of course, is being developed by Techland Studios. And Jake, you said you watched some of the some of the trailers and stuff for this game, and you said the graphics really weren't doing it for you. They definitely look last-gen. I think it looks really good, 
but I don't know, man. Welcome to the P.S. This is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita, through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This is awesome. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if Dying Light pushed into February to... Um, Up-res it? Well, I was going to say to try and try and give themselves a little space from Halo. Because mm. uh, there really isn't... There really isn't anything incredibly amazing let's say, or big coming out in December other than Halo. Yeah. Um, I know that there was some news I was reading recently where uh, I think it was Call of Duty Warzone decided to delay the release of their newest map until they they're literally decided to change it until the day that fucking Halo comes out, which I think is kind of a interesting move. <laughs> um, I think they're trying to trying to keep people from from going to Halo Halo because Halo's multiplayer is also going to be free to play mm. so um, I think they're worried that people are going to jump ship when that comes out yeah, it's very possible but uh, that'll be kind of an interesting turn of events but I mean that's outside of the PlayStation ecosystem I'm, I'm just guessing that uh, I don't know this for sure so what I was thinking I guess what I'm driving at is like it could be that Dying Light 2 is basically ready it's just that they they wanted to push it to kind of let Halo, Halo breathe a little bit and kind of jump in whenever uh, the waters, the dust is settled. Yeah. Although I think there's like there's other shit coming out in February. Well, we that, said Horizon is right. <clears throat> Horizon comes out in February. Uh, I don't know what else, but it doesn't come out until two weeks after Dying Light. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's not really a not really a bad space to be. And good on Techland, though, for doing that, because how often do we criticize companies for releasing their game when all these big titles are being released? We're like, what are you guys doing? Like, wh- why are you trying to compete with that when you can just push it out a month or two? You know what I mean? So good on them if that is the plan. So, I don't know. Interesting. What do you think? Good on Techland or shame on them? 
No, no, it's fine. I, I honestly think I honestly think that it's good. Um, you know, mostly because they're a third party studio. I, if if they were like a Sony exclusive, I wouldn't think that that was the case. Probably just because X, Halo's not on PlayStation, so there's no real reason for that pe- them to delay it out of Halo's way. Right. But because they're a third party game. And which is on both platforms, and because it's kind of had some trials and tribulations getting out at this point anyway, um, it, it might just be they're just like fuck it. What if we would just wait another month? We'll polish it up a little bit more, and then uh, we can clear Halo. And then they're actually the first game in that like rush of games in February, so they'll they're kind of coming out ahead of everybody else which is good because even though Horizon comes out a couple weeks later mm-hmm. one I think that's enough time but two I also think that uh, you know it's going to benefit them being out the first week of, of February yeah yeah huh. yeah so I, I don't know the game's interesting I I have trouble playing those zombie games man like I, I had what was the one game that came out for PS3 or PS4, it was a zombie game. It wasn't Dying Light. It was a lot like it. It was something... Uh, Dead Island? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got through it, man, but I don't like getting chased by fucking zombies in games. Like, or, You know what I mean? Like, it it makes me nervous. Like, it, it, it's unsettling. Like, I can do Last of Us. I can do... But when they're like... And they're chasing you, and like you, you have to go out at night and do like fetch missions. You're just like, man, I don't want to fuck with that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, game looks good though; it does look good. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, Jake, but you are kind of more in touch with the sport world than I am. But did you hear about this thing between EA and FIFA? FIFA, have you heard about FIFA, this about uh, FIFA? Them not renewing their contract? Yeah. So EA obviously, re- they, you know, they they release the FIFA games, but. The actual FIFA, which stands for the Federation Internationale de Football Association, are asking EA for more cash to use that acronym, to use that. And EA is like, no, uh, we're not we're not going to pay up. So there's this back and forth going on and on. So it's likely we may see a rebranding of the FIFA games in the future. It just seems like a weird – I mean, it's a weird – what would they call it? Soccer? Well, they'd probably they're gonna probably call it like World World Cup. I don't know EA Sports football or something like that. Mm. I mean, it's FIFA's. I I understand why. I understand why they don't want to renew it because FIFA wants like a billion fucking dollars to be able to use their title or their their name. Yeah, and and it's literally just an acronym. Yeah, I mean to be clear, this is literally just to put FIFA on the game name. Right, it has not nothing to, use to the do players, with the, the team. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the players or anything. So it could be an opportunity if they were really willing to make the gamble for Konami to pick it up and put FIFA in front of their new soccer <laughs> game. Because honestly, Konami probably think has about the cash, it, man. Like. Most people are just going to pick up the game called FIFA. They're not even going to pay attention to if it's the EA game or. Oh my god, the, dude! That'd be a great underhanded magic trick by Konami if they did. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it would cost them. Like, I think they literally want like something like four hundred million dollars wow. to use the FIFA license. So a year. 
it's for whatever the contract is. Yeah. It's it's like you know probably I don't know maybe five years or something. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really sure, but uh, it's a shitload. So now, granted, you know EA makes probably a, a billion dollars a year on FIFA. So what does that mean? I I don't know. You know what well, I mean? They're not gonna if Konami but, uh, gets smart. That's such a that man, that'd be such a power move by Konami. Could you imagine if they did that? Because yeah, you're, the average gamer is not going to know. They're really not. If you just called your game FIFA, whatever FIFA twenty two twenty two, it's going it's a completely <laughs> fucking different game, dude. That'd be hilarious. It would be. Oh, I would, oh that'd be so rad. Uh, I'm into that. I man, you're you're right on the money with that. That would be interesting if that unfolded that way. It's highly unlikely, but that would be really funny. It'd be a great news story. <laughs> uh, anyhow, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Activision, you know, we're still under heavy scrutiny after the whole uh, allegations about the sexual stuff that was going on and the treatment of their employees. And I got to say, man, it's, it's really nice to hear uh, that Jim Ryan who's head of PlayStation, he apparently gave a private tongue lashing to the way Activision was handling their shit uh, via internal emails to other PlayStation employees, which surfaced. And uh, essentially, Jim Ryan was highlighting that Sony is, and I put in parentheses, or uh, quotations, uh, committed to ensuring our community of developers and gamers feel safe and respected and providing a secure work environment for every employee. End of the quotes. And according to Push Square, he went as far as to direct any PlayStation employees to immediately report any harassment or discrimination. And it was just kind of nice to see that this was a behind-the-scenes email, not not really directed towards the public, not being made to like give them like, oh, they're saying the right things, oh, they're doing the right things just because they have to, right? This was like an internal email that wasn't meant to be found out or surfaced. And uh, it was snuffed out, though. And uh, it's just nice to see that his words seem to keep in line with what I feel like PlayStation kind of stands for. And it was, you know, it, and this was something that had nothing to do with them directly, but he was like, hey, as a reminder, motherfuckers, like if shit's going sideways and you're uncomfortable here or if bad things are happening, make sure you report it, you know? And it's cool to have that, like, it was just kind of nice to see. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's good, especially with some of the stuff that's been coming out. And it's not even just in games. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like to give, you, to give you another horrible example, I mean... The listeners, longtime listeners, know I'm a big hockey fan, yeah. and there's this huge fucking shitstorm happening in the NHL right now, where one of the one of the NHL teams, the Chicago Blackhawks, were found to have covered up a um, basically uh, one of their players was sexually assaulted, and by one of the coaches right before the Stanley Cup run in 2010. Oh, wow. And they they covered it up because they didn't want it to in, in, impact their run to winning the Stanley Cup. And the guy that assaulted this player went on after being a member of the 
Blackhawks organization, they kind of quietly like allowed him to resign and he ended up going on to freaking uh, volunteer because they didn't do anything about it. He ended up going to volunteer at a high school hockey team and he ended up getting charged raping a fucking 16-year-old boy. Jesus, because they covered it up when it happened. Because they, 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 they didn't turn him in. They didn't do the right thing because they wanted to protect their fucking cup. And so... I didn't hear anything about any of that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like a huge... I mean, it's huge within the hockey, the hockey world, mm. but it's not like, you know, it's not like a... I wouldn't say it's a worldwide story, especially with everything else that's going on in the world right now. But, uh... I guess I'm just trying to highlight the fact that, like, I, I'm not glad that these things happen, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that it's becoming a world in which people can feel safe, safe enough to, like, come out and really start to um, get these things out in light, you know? Yeah, it's just nice to see that, you know, uh, a person who runs PlayStation be so, so... Uh clear with the employees like hey if this is happening you need to tell somebody like you know we're not gonna shove the shit under the rug we're gonna address it so make sure you speak up it's just nice to you know because i'm I'm sure when you're in the situation and shit's going on like you're like fuck man i don't want to rock the boat you know i don't want to say shit this is uncomfortable this is weird you know but that but to have Mm -hmm. like the boss just to get an internal email you know even if it was like sent from like you know you know, CC all PlayStation employees. Boom, Jim Ryan signed off. Boom's been edited, went over like five hundred times by probably a secretary or whatever. But just the fact that it happened and it was meant as an internal thing is kind of cool. And and it and the fact that he kind of gave a lashing to Activision how they handled this whole situation in that email apparently is is interesting. So some of that comes from Push Square for sure. Um, and I don't know where this email surfaced or how they found it. But it's just, like I said, it's just kind of nice because, you know, Play- PlayStation really does seem like an all-inclusive company. And uh, I don't know. It was just kind of nice to see, you know. It was just kind of like uplifting to be like, yeah, you know, I, we're big PlayStation fans. We support the the company. And for them to kind of do something like that when, with the spotlights not on them, right? Like a lo- many people, many people will say and do the right thing when everybody's looking, but to do the right thing when no one's paying attention speaks volumes of somebody's character and like what they stand for. Now, granted, he didn't even have to address this. He didn't have to say anything. But the fact that he did, I think, speaks a lot about like their their direction. So, and like you said, it's it's being put out there, which is which is kind of nice and interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hey, let's talk about Sifu a little bit, Jake. Sifu, that's the kung fu game, the fighting game, the brawler game that we talked about where we picked up when the guy was getting older when they first uh, showed this game. It's getting released February 8th, so this is a February February game. They've pushed the day a little earlier, and the, apparently the mechanic, the way that it works is that the more you die, the faster you become older. And the reason is, is that when you do die in the game, it's kind of like a Souls-ish kind of game, the player is given the option to revive themselves after you die. I think to start in the same-ish area so you don't have to go through all the shit you just went through. But when you are revived, you get a little bit older every time. So eventually you get so fucking old that you can't continue any further. So you have to be very choosy about when you choose to revive, which I think is kind of an interesting take on on the Souls thing. Like, yeah, we'll let you like just spawn here. 
But you, so if you don't revive, do you go back to like some previous checkpoint? Or I don't know like for that? sure. I would hope like so. Some progress. Yeah, I would hope so. Or maybe maybe there is no checkpoint and you have to revive. But it just kind of advertises that it's a choice for the player to choose hmm. to revive. So it's not like you ha- every time you die you just get a little older. I think I think it's your choice. So you can go back to the start or wherever you started and try to run through it again, or you can use up. So it's essentially like it's it's essentially. An interesting way at looking at having a life counter, right? So, like yeah. Mario, you get like three lives or whatever, and when when they're up, they're up. So, I wonder how many respawns the game allows you to do. Uh, you know, how quick do you age? That's the next question. So, it's kind of a neat yeah. mechanic. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about Black Friday, Jake. There are deals among deals, and there are deals among other deals. And again, I'm going to run through some of the ones I saw, and and you feel free to comment in any of these. Life is Strange True Colors, recently released. It is available on Amazon for $35. Returnal for $30 over at Walmart. And then on the PSN, and there's some Best Buy deals we talked about earlier. You mentioned maybe Mass Effect for 25 at Walmart, whatever, but you have to like go to the store to get it or pay for shipping or something. On the PSN, Alan Wake Remaster is 30 bucks. Resident Evil 3 Remake is 18 That was enticing. I'm, I'm pulling out the ones that look good to me. The Dark Pictures Anthology, which is uh, the first, second, and third games, I believe, 40 bucks. And Jake, you said you were interested in those. Hades, $20. Which still seems, eh, it's probably, it won a lot of awards, that's fine. Borderlands 3, 15 bucks. When you get under 20, that's when my, that's when my ears start pricking up. Uh, Doom Eternal for 15, Watch Dogs Legion for 15, and Metro Exodus Gold Edition for $12. Those are the ones that stood out to me. I think that you can get the new, the new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game somewhere on sale, but I couldn't quite find it while I was putting the notes together. I think there is a deal on that one if you're interested. It's on the PSN for thirty eight ninety nine. There you go. That's what it is. So thirty nine. So earlier in the show, Jake, I said that we were going to get to this and talk about something and something you touched on about being digital versus physical discs on Black Friday. And you would rather pay a little more to have the digital. But here's the thing that I don't understand. I don't understand why PlayStation on their PSN, if they're pushing PSN, they want people to buy digital. They want they want to drive their store sales. There's no there's like no overhead for the, maybe for the companies who are selling their games on the on the on the network or whatever, right? There's a little overhead for them. PlayStation takes a cut. The uh, publisher takes a cut. The developer takes a cut. It all gets broken down into, into pennies, probably, but. Why are the Black Friday deals on the PSN not as good as the Black Friday deals at like Best Buy or Walmart or wherever? Because if PlayStation wanted to make a killing, they would just have it be the same price. Like, but like I said, I couldn't get the Mass Effect Legendary Edition cheaper on the PSN. I'd have to go to Best Buy. If you want people to look at your store and attend your store and look at it and see what the fuck you're selling have some deals that are comparable. I don't know. It's frustrating to me. And it's digital. Well, it's thing. not like you're like paying for an actual fucking product. It costs more to ship a thing through a distributor, to get the best buy, to go to wherever. There's a lot more overhead there. 
I don't know. The problem is, is that most people now, most people now have the same feelings that I do. Mm. And because Sony controls the store, they can put these games on sale for enough of a deal that... So there's two things. One, <laughs> I think most people prefer digital now. So yeah. there's a little bit of a premium for that. And two, because these physical versions at Best Buy and Walmart and shit that are like maybe 10% cheaper or something like that or 20% cheaper, there's no guarantee you're going to get one. They're going to be out of stock. They're going to sell out. They're going to, you're going to fucking, you're going to not they're limited the, you're not going to be able to beat the grandma to the fucking pallet of games oh, to be able to I'll get beat the one to the one pallet shit. of games <laughs> and so like but digital stuff it's it's all there all the time yeah. so it doesn't matter if you decide to buy it with one minute left in the sale on Black Friday or whenever it ends you can get that price so Mm. They've, they're they're being kind of intelligent about it, in my opinion, in that they're discounting the games enough that even though you might grumble a little bit about the price comparison, you'll still buy it. That's what I do with Mass been, Effect. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. So like, I caved. I gave in. Yeah. The, it's it's an interesting strategy, and I think that it ultimately works for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. Mm. But. Uh, I agree with you. I think from like a just the perspective of if you're talking about like logistics and cost and all of that, it, it makes sense that if you're comparing apples to apples, that the digital version of the game should be cheaper. But probably what a lot of these big box stores are doing is they're like, okay, we're going to sell Mass Effect Legendary Edition physical version for twenty five dollars, but we're only going to stock five copies of it at each store. So we'll even though they may, yeah. even though in their warehouse, they may have a hundred copies for every store. They may only put the special green sticker on it at fucking Walmart on like five copies of it. Mm. And so like, you know, I, I think there's more to it than meets the eye. Like, I, I don't think that like, you know, I, I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Though, I know right? exactly. Like, I there's there's there's, some, there's a numbers game going on, right? And, and some of these big box stores are clearly willing to take a little bit of a loss, maybe, on some of these games. And there might also be to get people in there, right? Like, oh, we, you know, Sally needs to get her kid Ben Mass Effect for twenty five bucks, so she's going to hit our store first, and then while she's here, she's going to get this deal and that deal and this deal and this deal. And maybe pick up some, a couple sweaters for the kids, or maybe pick up a new pair of socks, you know. And then it's like, okay, yeah. cool. Then then the then the loss they took on the game, they make back on other sales. So I get that, but I guess the other thing is too. I guess I, I'm curious how much say do the developers of the publisher even have on on what other people choose to sell their game for and like maybe because of their agreements with the PSN they can say you can go as low as this but maybe once it gets to like a big box store and the physical copies are in hand they can do whatever the fuck they want to do with them because they're already paid well, for well that's I think that's what the way that it works right with digital games the developer doesn't get paid until a digital copy of the game is sold mm -hmm. with physical games the developer gets paid first whenever the fucking store buys 500,000 copies of their game mm -hmm. so 
it doesn't matter if Walmart sells all the games. They already pay the developers for them. It cost, right, yeah. So, or, yeah, they already own those games. They bought them already. Yeah. So, it's as far as the developers concerned, or well, as far as the 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 store retailers concerned, mm-hmm. they can sell it for whatever the fuck they want because it's their game. So, it's their choice whether they want to take a loss on it or sell it the suggested retail value or somewhere in between, right? It's their choice. Yeah. So, they're willing to sell them for less hoping to beat out the PSN, hoping to do this and that and the other. That's interesting, though. But it is frustrating, man, because how nice would it have been if I could have picked up Mass Effect for $25 on the PSN? Would have been great. Or the or Village for $20 digital, so I don't have to fuck with the disc, right? But I went 20 Best Buy because they would ship it. I think Village is on sale for like 28 or something on the PSN digital. So it was like eight. This would more. all this would all be fixed, and I know they're not going to do it because eventually physical games are going to die. But like, this would all be fixed if they just serialized the discs. Because then, if a disc was serialized, then they could just give you a fucking digital code with the physical version of the game, mm-hmm. and then you just, you know, you just download it, and you could buy either the physical version if you want, like to have the physical copy. But you don't want to necessarily put the disc in your fucking console every time you play. It's like but you want the collector's item. Yeah, it's like buying it's a vinyl like, record, man. Like when you buy a vinyl record now, you get a download code for it, and it's good for like five downloads. I guess the problem is though with games, the value of games is so much more than like a vinyl record. It's arguable. I think a record maybe sometimes be worth more than a fucking video game. But uh, the thing is, is like it's just interesting. I don't mean to cut you off, but like it's. How do you do that so that that code can't be used multiple times by different people? And how do you keep hackers from figuring out how to crack those codes, right? Because there's so many Well, what I'm saying is that you serialize the disk. So the disk is attached to your PSN. So if you if you put the di- basically you put the disk in your console, it attaches to your PSN like a download code and then now you can just download the game. You don't have to have the disc in. You've proved that you bought it by having the disc and putting it in one time. If somebody else puts that disc in their console because the disc is serialized, it's going to be like, oh, hey, this game is actually owned by someone else. You can't download it, but you can use the disc to play it. That's what they need to figure out. I would out. say you couldn't even use the disc Because then you wouldn't be able to rent it. games. That would be the problem. That's fine with me. It's fine with me too, but that that's game part rentals. of the they issue. They shouldn't exist right? anymore anyway. <laughs> use a used video game then. So maybe it, you should be able to play it off the disc so long as you have the disc. But it's the disc grants you a download to the first console you put it in. Most of those games now aren't even fully on the disc anymore anyway. That's true. So, Man, it's such a complicated thing, but it could be solved so easily somehow. Serializing, I think, is the is the trick. I think you're on to something, but it's a, it's an interesting conversation we're having because I'm not sure what the answer is. And if you're listening and you have a solution to this, please write in by all means. P.S. is awesome at gmail.com. But let's move on a little bit, man. What a good conversation. I appreciate you being on the show, bud. I, I love talking that kind of stuff with you. But, yeah, I don't know. The one thing I will say about shopping for games, so I, yeah, this has always me. been a big pet peeve of mine because I've been kind of browsing the PSN at like the the Black Friday games and stuff. Yeah, and I want Sony <laughs> in the PSN to give me a sorting option. So they give you a sorting option for if you want a full game or you want an add on mm-hmm. or like a bundle or whatever. 
like why there there should be an option that sorts out like all of the bullshit for games like Fortnite and The Sims and all that stuff. Yeah. Like like it literally I shouldn't if I click add on, I want there to be a thing that's just DLC for games where it's like expansions and stuff like that. And I don't I'm not literally inundated with 5,000 fucking character packs for The Sim 4. Oh, uh, yeah, the character or, packs need to go. Yeah, or like or like fucking 30 30 like rows of just money for Fortnite. Yeah, right. Or something like that. Yeah, buy like, 300 I, no, coins for Fortnite for $5 on sale. It's like okay, I get I get that that stuff is on sale, but like make a section that's like freaking uh, in-game currency or something. Yeah, what do you what do you call that? You call that like uh pay to play, man. No, play to um, win, pay to win. Not always, but that's no, what no, I call no. it. I mean, it's it's part of that. Dude, I'll uh, never microtransactions. Yes, thank you. There it is. Okay, so like and I get that like some of these some of these people like the Fortnite people are going to be like, uh, well, um, this fucking character that that looks like a rock and roll guy. I mean, that's not a microtransaction. That's like an expansion skin. It's like no fuck. It's a fucking microtransaction. It doesn't yeah. do anything. Doesn't add anything to the game. It literally is just a skin for your character. Mm. All that microtransaction <laughs> shit. Should just be thrown in a big fucking pile yeah. that has an icon that looks like a dumpster on fire, and that should just be literally where all that stuff goes whenever they have stuff for sale. Because there are times where I've literally ref- like just quit looking at sales on PS because you get inundated with that through shit. All this shit. Yeah, you get lambasted. Yeah, like I just, I'm like, I don't care about this. I don't need anything that bad. Like I literally was looking on here for like, oh hey, maybe I have some games that have some expansions you can get on the that are on yeah. sale that I that I haven't picked up yet or whatever. You know, like um, what was I? I was looking for something specific. I can't remember. It was e- it was an expansion for something. Phoenix and uh, Phoenix Rising. What's that? Phoenix Rising, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was it was that or or there was another one like the um uh yeah, what the hell? Ah, fuck, I can't remember now. But like it's late. Why We're why can't I just yeah. why can't I just find it? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, thankfully they, it's not like too crazy with the Black Friday deals, but like on a normal sale where there's like 200 games and there's like 400 or 500 items of DLC on sale, it's like, okay, enough, guys. Like, I don't need, you know, 15 rows of Fortnite add-ons before I get to, like, the one Outer Worlds expansion that I'm looking for. Yeah, they should <laughs> like, put, like, substantial expansions first and then maybe have a sub a subheading of, like, yeah. Instead of just calling it an add-on, they need to call it, like... I don't know. Maybe instead they need of it, to call it like ex- expansions or something, you know, like give it some kind of a tag. Another term. Maybe microtransaction is probably not the best because that that sheds like a negative light on the stuff because it's such a uh, that word has become kind of synonymous with you know taking advantage of, of teenagers and kids and the, the gambling aspect of it. But maybe they do need a different term for it. And you said it should be a picture of a dumpster fire. And I just imagine like this this little bitmap. Of like a kid just holding out his hand like to his parent, like, "Here, give me five bucks. I need to buy like this this fucking skin or this this sound that that plays every time I get a headshot or something." You know what I mean? Like, God, oh. this stuff is just aggravating. 
I mean, it's making pe- it's making these companies like fucking literally billions of dollars. Yeah. But at the same time, as like a focused gamer, and by by that I mean like someone who knows what I want to play, and like I'm just trying to like enjoy my hobby. I don't know. It just feels like these things are just buzzing around my head all the time when I'm trying to enjoy my hobby. <laughs> it's annoying. At you, yeah. That's I to be fair to any listeners out there who are interested in Fortnite or Call of Duty or any of these ones that have like all of these microtransactions and you can buy money and all that kind of stuff like I have nothing against that. I don't think that that should be illegal or anything like that. Just maybe like it should have its own section in the PSN and it should be all like part of the free to play stuff or whatever and it shouldn't it shouldn't make it hard for me to find the things that I'm looking for just because Fortnite has the ability to cuz honestly it's all about um you know like sharing like screen time if i'm scrolling through a list on the freaking deals and i see something Fortnite related 25% of the time that I'm looking at the screen when I'm searching through the deals, I mean, that's a marketing strategy. I mean, there's yeah. a reason why it's not just like one fucking icon that's like get a bunch of shit for Fortnite. There's a reason why it's literally like 30 entries in the sale for Fortnite stuff because it just inundates you. It, like, it brings your attention to that. And somebody who is interested in Fortnite is going to have a hard time resisting it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It is it it's just the it's just the beast. You know what I mean? It's just the beast, man. Um let's talk about some new games that are hitting the PlayStation Store, maybe have already come and gone. This list is coming to you courtesy of Push Square. And uh, some of these might have been on our list last week, but I don't think we had as many and now it looks like they've really done up this list pretty big. So I'm going to try to go through this as fast as possible. Jake, if I say a game that you're remotely interested in, feel free to stop me and say something about it. November 15th, and we're recording this already. What is it? The 20th. So we're we're about a week behind on this list, but there's no newer list available. November 15th, Finger Fitness on the PS5. November 16th, Turvive. It's supposed to be like Survive, but the two supposed to be like an S. It's stupid. Uh, Dandy Ace, Just Dance 2022, Kingdom Two Crowns, Light Fairy Tale Episode 2, Marsupilami, Huba, Hoobadventure, it's all one game, Marsupilami, Hoobadventure, Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1, that game kind of looked interesting when they first announced it, but I, I saw some uh, gameplay trailers and stuff of it now, and it doesn't look very good. Uh, it's probably fine, but like the... It just looks, looks like... It looks like single A. I mean, yeah. it, it just doesn't look, you know, like it was made by fucking naughty dog sure <laughs> yuki november 17th grow song of the Evertree, clang to masto is together ruined king a league of legends story surviving the aftermath the last stand aftermath i don't know if those games are related or not but it's really weird they both have the word aftermath in their title and they put them right next to one another in the title well, it's alphabetical i guess and then the the other one from november 17th was the wild at heart December 18th, we had Airport Simulator Day and Night, Blood Rain Revamped, Blood Rain Revamped 2, Kid Amnesia ex- Exhibition, which is actually really rad, which is uh, two Radiohead records, and it's free. 
and you can download it. I downloaded it. I forgot to mention this, and it's like an experience. So I'm going to check. I'm putting the headphones and experience that. I'm interested in that. Um, that's PS5. And then Sh- Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, which is actually sounds really awesome. Uh, S- Smoots Golf, Space Moth Lunar Edition, Tears of Avia, The Guy, VR, November 19th, we've got 20 bunnies, Battlefield 2042, which I think is getting some negative press right now, negative reviews. Nerf Legends, Sushi Break 2, The Pig D, would you like to run an idle cafe? And those are the games from Push Square. So nothing really hops out. The Kid Amnesia looks really cool. And the reason I pronounced it Kid Amnesia because it's Kid A is the name of one of the records. I believe Amnesia is another one. They're kind of doing a smush there. Kid Amnesia exhibition, which is kind of cool. Not a huge Radio hand, Radiohead fan. I, I know of some of their songs. Uh, I know they're really appreciated amongst musicians never really got super into them but I'm curious to see what they're doing here so one of the things we didn't talk about is like I know we kind of basically skimmed through there wasn't a whole lot of news this week no there wasn't I I tried looking up some news myself Mm -hmm. and literally everything that I could find was about how broken the Grand Theft Auto trilogy is yeah I saw a lot of that shit yeah and how disappointed people are in Battlefield 2042 and like neither of those things I mean I guess we could have talked about like how broken the Grand Theft Auto trilogy is but like it's not really that big of a deal other than the fact that it's kind of fucking annoying that yet another game is being released by a big ass publisher yeah in just a totally fucking broken state. Like, I... Like, we, we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go into it again, but, you know, this isn't, this isn't like... This isn't like some fucking two-bit indie studio. This is Rockstar and Take-Two releasing three of the most beloved games of all time... That they've already in a created, right? Broken state, yeah. Like what? Yeah, it's really. I, I, I don't know. Like they, I think they. I think I was reading that they actually pulled it from fucking PC stores. Wow, it's that bad, huh? And they're putting the old versions of the games back on the PC stores. Yeah, because they pulled them off so they could sell right. this thing. It's absolutely insane to me. Like, why not just? check to make sh- like i know that like rockstar didn't make these expansions it, they they hired somebody to do it but it's like make sure your shit's not fucking broken before you release it yeah 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 i don't know i mean i don't know precisely it's just it's frustrating because i'd be really mad like literally what this tells me is just never ever pre-order a game ever again it's what it's boiling down to like I'm literally like it's gotten to the point now where it's like unless a freaking review comes out before embargo that's like this game is great don't worry about it just go ahead and buy it it's then okay safe. I might I might pick it up but other than that like I'm going to wait until 2 3 4 5 days a week after a game launches until I see what the community has to say about it because I can't trust these developers anymore fool me once 
Shame on you, Jake. Fool me twice? Dude, it was, it was bad enough when I pre-ordered the Order 1886. Oh. And I pre-ordered... No Man's Sky. Mm. Now, to be fair, I didn't have a huge issue with No Man's Sky like a lot of people did mm-hmm. when it came out. But I don't know. It just seems to my be cyberpunk like, experience was a letdown. Although I really enjoyed the game, I still stand by the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> cyberpunk really. You would think that after the cyberpunk fiasco, no Take one would two be doing this. this. Yeah, no, right? no one would have fucking been. Doing <laughs> but like, I. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, especially now with the digital storefronts and the fact that you can get any game anytime you want. Yeah. There's really no reason to pre-order games anymore. Like, why bother? Yeah. Unless you want to have it, like, installed so you can play it at midnight the day You're it taking, out. like, a, a sick day the next day at work or something so you can get your gaming in and you want to be ready right at midnight to get that controller fired up. I don't know I don't that know. there are games... I don't think there would be a, there's a single game anymore that would make me do that. The last time I think that I actually bought got a game at midnight and fucking played it <laughs> at midnight was when Skyrim launched, and that was in 2011. Mm. Now don't be don't get me wrong, I've pre-ordered games and pre-installed them so that they would be ready to go in the morning when I woke up the launch day. But staying up to the crack but of dawn. Like, you know, it's just. Well, we're getting older, I, man. I get it. I, I know. I get. I know that we we're, we're like uh, maybe a different perspective than some gamers, but like even like the kids out there that this is like their life and shit like that. Unless you're a professional and you're like the, your livelihood depends on you you're having a streamer this game and you're before, trying to compete or launch or something. If you're a streamer or whatever, if that's not the case. Believe me, it is so worth it to just be a little bit patient. Your your life isn't going to be any less good if you wait one day to see see what happens on launch day or the day after before you buy the game. Because these companies, they rely on those pre-order numbers and if they it allows them to cook their books and shit like that for budgetary reasons and all, like it's they like almost nefariously try to get you to pre-order things. It's like, okay, you pre-order the the digital version of Guardians of the Galaxy and you get like all of this shit that literally costs them nothing to give you. Mm. Like, oh, you get like a digital fucking doohickey and like a skin for whatever and like this extra vehicle thing that literally has no impact whatsoever other than the fact that it looks cool. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't have to go on the rant anymore. But it's like, I I just I think that it's especially with digital games. Like I literally don't understand pre-orders at all. It's weird. Yeah, I, I understand wanting to have it available. And like I said, if you have a planned day off or something, or you know, if if you like the thing is, I don't know the last time I stay up till midnight because I have such a hard time staying up even this late. It's almost ten thirty at night. And I'm getting tired. You probably see me yawn a few times, and it's man. I have trouble staying up later, man. The, the older I get, but like I, I might have, I might have dipped my toes into The Last of Us Two when it came out right away. I don't know that I did. Maybe the first Last of Us. Maybe I did, but like, 
If I did, I don't remember doing that, which just speaks volumes about what you're trying to tell everybody. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is like, I'd rather start a brand new game that I'm stoked on with a fresh set of eyes and like a little bit of caffeine in my system in the morning, a nice breakfast, and just sit down and make a day of it. Then like try to push through the wee hours just to get a little bit of gaming in to be like, oh man, I got this as soon as it you know drops. Yeah, I don't know, but that that's that's an old man talking to a young kid probably, you know, but I don't know. I mean, there were plenty of times, don't get me wrong, there were plenty of times when I was in high school and stuff and, you know, I'd be up late doing shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's a perspective thing, though, a big part of it, but I think the industry today is different than when we grew up, too. I mean, we literally had to stand in line at, like, GameStop or Walmart to get a copy. So, in pre Dude, I remember, like, literally that was an experience that I'm glad I did, but I would never do again yeah. that Skyrim launch where I was literally standing in fucking line and it was 25 degrees outside yeah. and I'm standing in line in on November 10th waiting for the fucking doors you know to open the day. That's so, funny. so I can get inside because it came out 11, 11, 11. Okay. That's why I remember the date. It's really easy to remember, but like to get my game and I remember that like I was Sarah was still in college, so I was going to visit her the next day, and so basically I went home and played it for like an hour or so, and then got up early and played it for like an hour or so before uh, work because I knew I was going to be gone for the next couple of days visiting her at school before I would get to play it again. And like I will admit, there is like there is like a like a magic to that part of your life where you can yeah. do that stuff well, like running, and like you don't feel bad about it. Yeah. But like nowadays it's like, man, I don't know that there is a video game on the planet that could get me to do that anymore. Yeah. It's, Especially it's, now, like before there was, a, but, but to be fair during that time, it was like, you didn't know if you were getting a copy, <laughs> right, like right? You had right. no idea There's if a you were going to get you one. You could miss out. But now with digital games, it's like fuck it. Who cares? Why does anybody pre-order anything anymore? Just wait until the day it comes out and yeah, buy it. You you you're promised a copy whether you pre-order or not digitally. Yeah, uh, you can get it whenever you, the fuck you want it as long as the game's out. And the thing too is that like even the like I was just looking at Guardians of the Galaxy because you were talking about how you know you were talking about picking it up. You decided you weren't going to yeah. get it or whatever. It's on sale right now for like thirty nine dollars or whatever. Even the standard version of the game digitally without pre-ordering it comes with extra stuff which to me it's like why are you even advertising that just put it in the fucking game yeah why is it even considered extra at that point yeah like i i don't know the, the marketing our game comes with so a save bizarre. option if you order it from us yeah yeah i know exactly it supports a controller uh if you get it you know if you pick it up there'll be uh lots of polygons with this one you know you start with a with a pistol, <laughs> everybody starts with one. Like you know, it's like, it's like yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I see your point. Ah, anyways, we need to digress and just get on with the end of the show here. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. You've heard us rant a little bit about things. We talked about Black Friday deals. Talked about the games coming out. Talked about Activision, that whole thing, and Jim Ryan and the Game Awards. And man, we did a lot of talking here. Mark Cerny and the PS5. Dying Light, man, Sifu, yeah, good conversations today. So thanks for tuning into the PlayStation uh, podcast that we put on called PS. This is awesome. 
And uh, unfortunately, I was going to put another one of my band songs on, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait a little bit. So unfortunately, what you should do, yeah. what you should do, every episode put a Christmas song on. Well, I was just going to say what you should do is go to fredoakman.bandcamp.com and listen to "Tis the Season" by Fred Oakman and the Flood, <laughs> uh, and just get ready. For a Christmas. No, I take that back. Dude, 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 dude. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. You ready? Wait until the day after Christmas. I got an idea. Go ahead. Or the day after Thanksgiving. And then after the day after Thanksgiving, listen to it. Because I think that it's heinous to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. So here's, That's just my here's what we're going to do. Every podcast from <laughs> every podcast that, that we put out there from Thanksgiving up through Christmas, I will put "Tis the Season." <laughs> this is the Christmas song we wrote as the closing song, just for you all, and it'll be hilarious. That's what we're doing. Sounds good. All right, it's got it because we got to get you guys. Yeah, a little Christmas music doesn't hurt. And then when it's made by yours truly, Mr. Jake Peters and I, you must listen to it, and uh, you'll feel it, even if you don't live in Pennsylvania. So. Thanks again for tuning in to episode 196. And uh, it's all we got. If you guys want to send a song to our email account, or if you have friends or musicians, we will put it on the show at the end of the show, but not between Thanksgiving and Christmas, because that's going to be reserved for numero uno here. But you can email us at psthisisawesome at gmail.com along with your band name and the title of the song, and we will notify you when and if it goes live. So, like Genshin Impact... Ghost Runner and Glittering Sword. <laughs> yes. yes. This is this awesome. Is awesome. <laughs>